Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Recorded live from the lobby of the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. JP. Yo, Haas, what's up? It's a miracle. We made it again. I know, dude. It's a small nice, miracle. Safe and comfy. Yeah. In the Line Hotel lobby. You know it. Um, we got a lot to cover, and I want to start it off real quick. Um, this episode is dedicated to my step-grandmother, uh, Nana, who passed away um, this past week. She was 94. I love you, and this show is dedicated to you. She's... Uh, from New Jersey, so all right, oh, thanks yeah. JP for mm-hmm. that, and I'm sure she had a role in your skating. Um, she uh, watched my buddy Danny and I skateboard in Long Island at the coffee house for 20 mm-hmm. years, so mm-hmm. yeah, it was very. You were special. just up there too. Yeah, I just got to kiss her on her forehead goodbye at the hospital like uh, a week ago. So okay, yeah, yeah, cool. So um, well, you know, we got this new format, so we're yeah. just gonna have to. We're gonna have to really rock this. Really, um, you know, we got to get a lot of stuff in there. So. Cool. So who's our guest today, man? We should get right oh, into it. Actually, who's our guest? Or do you have any announcements you want to make? Um, do you have something coming up? Yeah, real quick. The DC Wheels, once again, is skateboarding 45 miles for Lupus Foundation. Uh, May 23rd from Bethesda Boards uh, at high noon on May 23rd, a Saturday. And I just visited the Lupus Foundation in downtown DC three days ago. They gave me a tour and they said the DC Wheels and friends can come in there and ring the bell. If we raise more than our five grand goal that we set for I think lupus. You got that. So I think we can do it. Yeah. Cool. Now those are getting bigger and bigger each year. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? You know what we got to get into. And yeah, it's a heavy one. I've been getting messages from people I haven't heard from 10 years about this next guest. Nice. So uh, Canton, are you there? Sure am, buddy. Yes. Canton, <laughs> if you told me in 1991 when I met you and Oscar Jordan in the San Diego parking lot, then in 2020, uh, I'd be interviewing you, your life story, uh, uh, on our skate it. talk skateboard show. It, 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 I just wouldn't believe it, man. It's crazy. I, I would have I would have been believing that we would have been interviewing you right now. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> goes both ways. Uh, nah, um, but Canton, we're gonna get right into it. You have so many fans. Uh, that have been messaging me on the internet and my phone about how excited they are on your episode. Canton, we want to get right into it. Um, let you know the listeners at home know now, when, uh, what year were you born? How old are you? Uh, I was born in 73, so I'm 46 years old. Wow. When they see yep. the photos I post of you tomorrow of your recent um, skating... <laughs> People are going to be blown away what you're doing at 46 years old. It's just amazing. Okay, so... Hey, you know, you, yeah. you know what they say. It's like Fountain of Youth, you know what I mean? Just got to keep riding. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Skate, skateboarding is the Fountain of Youth for sure. So, okay. So you're born in 73, Canton. When was the first time you ever, ever saw skateboarding, whether it be live in person or on television? I mean... 
my memory when I was really young kind of escapes me, but right. according to according to my mom, uh, I had a little, you know, like wooden board with metal wheels when I was probably like, you know, four or five years old, just kind of like riding down the street, sitting down on it or something. So, wow, you started uh, I, I with think, the yeah. OG board. <laughs> yeah, I think I was exposed to it early, but my recollection of what I consider like modern skateboarding was probably about maybe like 13, 14 years old mm-hmm. uh, is when I really kind of paid attention to. And it was because some kids in my neighborhood who I knew from like playing baseball and hanging out in the streets, running with them, mm-hmm. they, uh, they actually had a couple of kamikaze boards and I thought they were awesome. You know, yeah. I was like, man, those are, those are sick skateboards, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're riding around on them, and I borrowed one of their boards and kind of like, you know, got into it and kind of liked it. And I was like, man, I need to get one of these. So I asked my parents for one, and they uh, brought home a super generic, it had no name brand, just a generic <laughs> Dragon graphic. Right. But uh, you didn't care? Swap, from, no, from the swap meet. Well, actually, I did care because it was like twice the thickness. I was like, wait oh. a minute. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> You're like, they brought like, home I, like I, a tractor trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, how come my board is like twice as thick and had had that super big dome skid plate on there? You mm-hmm. couldn't even like you know hit the tail. So I was like, wait, what's going on here? Right, right. But, uh, but yeah, you know, like you, it, it makes you probably even better, right? You learn how to ride something like that, and then you, by the time you get to a decent board, you're you're set. Yeah, it feels like a Ferrari, and you almost yeah. you almost like fall back because the actual bearings work, and they're not <laughs> they're not plastic wheels that sink in the pavement. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But it's funny you mentioned Ken. The Kamikaze board was popular in the mid '80s, and uh, yeah, they had them at you know Kmart or the department stores, but they were like a little higher you know, grade brand than like the Bobo boards, like the cheapos. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that, so mm-hmm. I was like 80, that was 86. So 86, mm-hmm. I saw Thrasher magazine with uh, Valeli on the cover doing the, uh, the ho ho sad plant ham plan or whatever that was. You know, what's funny, Ken, I have it at home in That's the, it. I have it in a, in a plastic sleeve and I think Chris Hall gave it to me. Yep. I have it. It's the yellow That's cover, it. right? Yep, yellow cover. Yep. That was it. So mm-hmm. I, o- I open it up, and it's a Mark Gonzalez interview, and he's doing like a nose pick on the block at EMB. He's all in the Gons Gap, and I was like, "Oh, this is skateboarding." <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you see that Thrasher at Seven Eleven? I I don't remember where. where? Probably. Yeah, yeah, Seven Eleven yeah. or a bookstore. Right, right. Yeah, it was, it was like a liquor store by my house where wow. the dude like. Yeah. Like, like I think, I think, like he, I, I think I bought the Thrasher magazine, and then he handed me a porn mag or something. Crazy, oh my you know god! Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's insane that he had a Thrasher subscription ordered to like the liquor store for people yep. to buy. It's crazy. Totally. You could, yeah, you could get your, um, your, yeah, your mic cover and like a forty ounce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, so it was that it was that deal, and yeah, when I saw that, I was like, "This is it." I was like looking mm-hmm. at the Mark Gonzalez, you know, interview, mm-hmm. you know, him skating all the spots, and like I said, all in the Gons Gap, doing yep. a grind on a ledge, and I was like, "Well, I guess this is skateboarding, so I need to go figure out how to do all that." Yeah, so right. Jumping off this table, this table right now. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you want to copy everything in there. It looks, it's so vibrant, exciting. You're like, "This is yep. insane." 
But remember all the grip tape art he did with paint markers too, man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, just the artistry of it, the gear, just the fact that he was, you know, like I mix. I'm half black, half white, but, mm-hmm. you know, Mark is Hispanic, and he's kind of looking like me, you know, like mm-hmm. curly hair. Yep, a little fro. Skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, this is perfect. I can yeah. relate right to this. I, I'm in, you know what I mean? Of course, of course, man. Tommy G, you know, looking at the photos of Tommy G mm-hmm. and all that, just mm-hmm. looking at his style, and yep. those were the dudes I related to. Like they, they looked, they looked and felt like something I could relate to. You know, what of I mean? course, of course. Now, who? Um, oh, what was the first trick you learned? I guess the ollie. If you know, yeah. if we want to be real about it, you know, if we want to call that a trick. Imagine so that's, that's a basic trick. Imagine Canton, the first trick you ever learned. Did I mean just imagine that the first trick you ever learned took you in a place where you were one of the biggest alliers in the world for your era, and it's not a matter of opinion; it's a matter of record, and it's insane oh, that who would have thought that the first trick you yeah. ever learned you took to, you know, the ex- extremity, yeah, such extremity. It's crazy, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so that's the first trick you learned. Who was the first crew you ever met in San Diego? We're in San Diego now. Is it where I met you in Ocean Beach, or is it another? Yep, yep. yep. that's wow. where I grew up, yep. And we'll get into that in a little bit, uh, but when we get to that timeline. But um, what's the first crew you met around there? So uh, right down the street from me, well, that was a thing. So when I saw, when I got exposed to those uh, boards, you know, the, the brothers who had those kamikazes, um, right. I, uh, they, we decided we were going to build a little ramp. So that's the first thing, right? It's like, okay, we got boards, let's build a ramp. We don't know how to ride it. Let's just build it anyway. So they built a little kicker ramp, but it had like, and we didn't cut the, we didn't cut the sidewall to match the profile of the bank. They just stuck up in the air. So <laughs> if you went up and tried to turn around on it, you couldn't because the sidewalls were going to block you. Oh and, my gosh. Uh, so the only thing you could do on it was launch over the top of it. Well, none of us had the balls to do that. And so this, this guy I know, this kid who was my age, who lived down the street from me, showed up. I don't even know how he found us. We were just on the sidewalk, like, blocks away. And he's like, oh, what's up, Ken? Like, you know, like, we didn't really know each other that well, but he, we knew each other by name. And he was like, what are you guys doing? I was like, oh, we just did this ramp. And he's like, oh, have you guys, you know, what can you do on it? And I was like, nothing. And he just charged at it and launched over the top of it and rode away. <laughs> and uh, he looked back at me, and I was like, dude, what the hell? And he, I'm looking at him, looking at the dudes I was with. He's like, "Man, ditch those dudes, man. You need to, you need to hang with me." And I like, <laughs> I, I like, I like skated off with him. I never saw those kids again, ever. Wow. Yeah, that's like crazy. I just went off with him, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, come to my house." And he had like a legitimate lawn tramp that you could push up against the wall and use like a little bit of a quarter pipe and wall ride. And yeah, he was just doing stuff that I'd never seen before. never thought was possible. And yeah, right. we just pretty much skateboarded every day since then. And he was like a good surfer, skater. Do you remember his he name? A, uh, yeah. Chris Griffith. We still talk all the time every day. Wow. Ew. What's his last name? Griffith. Oh, Chris Griffith. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah. At, at some point, like me, him and OJ and a whole bunch of other dudes. I mean, he, he ended up growing up in East County with like Miracle Mangum yeah. and mm-hmm. and all those OGs. So, right, yeah, right. So we we all rode together. But yeah, he had like a, he had a Pal Peraltis at him, right. super sick graphic, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that that was it. 
Yeah. So, so the photo you so the photo you posted, he helped me go get that first board, and I got that Tony Hawk board. Wow, I was wondering how that came about. And dude, you put the tracker sticker in the eye of the skull. <laughs> that was like yeah. the hot thing to do too. Yeah, yes. so sick. Yeah, so yeah, that that was at the that was at the surf shop he was sponsored by for surfing. He mm. went and got me the setup from them. That's insane. He hooked me up on that. So yeah, so he had the setup. I had the Tony Hawk, of course. Of course, you know, I, we, it was all Palo Peralta, everything. Right, we went home, watched mm-hmm. the watched uh the bones brigade video or future primitive or whatever it was and that was pretty much it yep that was the hot video out at the time and i think the only skate video that existed on vhs yeah um what was the name of that what was the name of that surf shop do you remember uh south south coast surf shop it's still there to this day south co surf shop south coast south coast oh south coast south coast surf shop wow yeah right there in ocean beach yep dude i bet you and Oscar probably brought me in there. And I want to let the listeners know when you said OJ, you're talking about Oscar Jordan. Yep, and Oscar Jordan. Yep, yep. When was the first time you met him? So I met him maybe, I don't know, maybe a few years after that. Right, right. Um, so two, 89. Two, maybe two, three years after that, somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 89. And uh, he, so, you know, growing up in Ocean Beach, Point Loma area, uh, we were kind of the Ocean Beach kids or the Point Lemma kids. The Point Lemma dudes came up over the hill and were riding around with us. We were all skating this launch ramp. And uh, they brought OJ with him. And I was like, well, you know, obviously OJ, you know, hanging out with a bunch of white kids from Point Lemma stuck out, you know, like a sore thumb. Uh-huh. And just like, <laughs> who, who, who's, who's, who's this skinny, tiny little black kid? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where, where'd you guys, you know, what, what are you doing? And so he came up and we were rapping out. He's like, yeah, man, I just moved here from uh, Southeast San Diego. I've been living with my grandma and I may be uh, living in this neighborhood. He's like, yeah, I'm just hyped to find some dudes who actually skate. So he grew up, he'd already been skating in Southeast with dudes like Keon Kim and Renee Matheson. Wow. And so, so he was kind of bringing a different flavor and level to our little hood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think after I saw him skating that day, we just ended up skating pretty much every day after. Wow. Yep. So we're going to speed up to 1991. I think I arrived in Ocean Beach around, I would say, around this month, like March, April 1991. Uh, My roommate, Jay Harris, and I, we went venturing out. I was skating some parking lot, and you guys were skating by. And then I think Oscar came over first. He was kind of thrown off that I was skating like a, I think um, I might have been skating a Chris Hall Underworld Element board that Chris gave me. And then I think Oscar had a connection with DC or might have had yes. a family yes. member that lived there. Yeah, yeah his, his brother, his brother was a boxer. Wow. And, uh, and of course, OJ will correct me on this quickly mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, but. Uh, I think his brother was boxing, and he had been boxing out in D.C. So, yeah, he, you know, O.J., he has connections everywhere. Of course. So he might have yeah. even skated D.C. back then or someone, he might Possibly. have went by Pulaski or something. But anyway, we were yeah. rapping and hitting it off, and then we started talking, and then uh, I think you were a little more shy, but I met you right after him, right there, and then we hit it off real well. I think you guys were psyched I was East Coast. I was blown away <laughs> that I was in like anywhere that's 
any close 10 to 20 mile vicinity range of Matt Hensley. <laughs> so I was like asking, oh, yeah. asking yeah. you guys immediately about him and where I might find him and all that, you know, it was under the Hensley spell. Sorry, that, so, everyone so, was. So a couple of, a couple of things on that. Number one, uh, I, I don't think anyone would ever consider me shy, but when you're hanging out with OJ, because he is so well outspoken, right. you will look shy <laughs> next to him. I know, and <laughs> like, I, that's that's all like, it was. Like, yeah, OJ, OJ, uh, yeah. If anyone knows him or has heard, is um, he just likes to speak his mind? You know, like he's right. not he's not really afraid to step up and talk to somebody in, in a quick minute. But uh, yeah, he definitely liked to do a lot of the talking when we would meet new people. Oh, yeah. he, he'll find out real quick everything about you in about five seconds. But no, he. Um, we so the Hensley thing. That's kind of funny you mentioned that because we had a skate crew and a whole bunch of skate ramps. We would skate right there at the rec center in Ocean Beach. And one day Hensley rolled up with Brennan Chaffel, and I can't remember who. Was, well, I know it was filming. Schlossbach was filming yep. him. Glad you brought and him up because so we, we need to put him in the equation in, <laughs> in two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we and we didn't know who any of those guys were. All I all I knew is that Matt Hensley rolled up. It was doing tricks that we'd never seen before. He was doing you know ollie melon grabs on this tiny little bank. We would skate, which I have pictures of. I'll probably send them to you so you can share them later. But oh my god! We also we, we also had a lawn tramp uh, there. And it was pushed up against the wall. So I think Brennan Chaffel was doing wall rides on it in the 8th Street video, the Shock on Me Not video. And then Hensley, that's where he was doing some of the tricks where he was like doing these quarter pipe tricks on basically a lawn tramp and coming back into it. Right. And then uh, Brennan Chaffel ollied over like some bench with a backing to it. All, all those little clips right there were filmed right there. We were just watching it going down, you know. And, oh, so uh, you saw the stuff from Shock on Me Not getting filmed. Oh yeah, we were right there. We were That's right in the insane! Of that whole... Wow. Yeah, so so we were watching it going down, and then Schlosh was you know saw that we were skating with them mm-hmm. and kind of holding our own, like just doing stuff. And, right. Uh, so we were skating with them, and then he was like, "Hey guys, like we're at some other spots." So we took them to a couple other spots. We took them to a backyard mini ramp, and so all that footage was in shock when we not. Yeah, and and then and then and then that's and that's where we made the connection with Schloss. She saw me and OJ. He's like, "Man, you guys got some potential." Like, I know we because should out, we should go out and film some more. You know, totally. And and you know what? That's why he filmed you for Quiet Storm. Right. Yep. Yep. It was so sick. So I befriended him on the East Coast, and Chris Hall, Pap, and Allie Mills, and I went on a little tour with him up the East Coast, filming for Quiet Storm with. Andy Stone and think, was with uh, us and some and I others. Think Scott Johnston too, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And Andy Stone yeah. was with us. And it was like we were also following the H Street tour of Steve yeah. Ortega, Bernard Chaffel, Ron Allen, and also the Goodwill tour with Randy Colvin, Ron Chapman, Jeremy Klein. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I got to San Diego, I think yeah, um Steve Teague was living out there with Sheffy. And he's like Oh, well, wait, let me rewind. I actually, you guys were going to meet up with Sloshbach, and I was like, oh, I know that guy from blah, blah, blah. And I was psyched that, you know, he filmed nature videos, whatever. So you guys connected me with him, and then we all went, or I went with him to Sheffy's house, and Sean was on tour in France, so he wasn't even there. He had an Oreo in his fridge and a ketchup packet, and that was it. <laughs> and, and, and a photo of Randy Colvin on his fridge, actually. And that That's was sick. that was it, 
And I remember when we all went out with Mike Ternowski's van, the official amazing Plan B van, the one that you see in the background from all the Plan B videos, whatever. That van was there, and the Plan B hadn't come out yet. I think Sloshbach was filming for it. But, dude, I remember that Sloshbach was filming you for Plan B, and you were to be voted on or something like that. And he didn't he film you at Sports Arena? Oh, yeah, yeah. We filmed a bunch of clips, and I think he had high expectations for me, right? Yeah. So he, he saw the potential in me and OJ, actually. So he was filming right. the both of us. Mm-hmm. And he was, and so what he was doing was he's like, look, I'm just gonna take all this footage and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it and get you guys on some some teams, you know, like I I'm gonna make some stuff happen. And so he was trying to get OJ, I think, on World, and um, and then he put all the he was showing my footage to Mike Ternaski, so Mike was hyped on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, but you know, it's like when you are building a team and you have a team that's basically comprised of a group of people that have rode together, they form that team together. It was like, it was like a, a tight knit group, you know, you right. know, skateboarding is mm-hmm. like, it's not about the tricks or the skaters. It's about like, do you fit in with the team? So mm-hmm. yep. right. I, I think what happened was really is that Dave just had his own ideas that really had nothing to do with the team. I think he was just trying to place us on something that he thought was good. So he, edited in my part into the, the rough edit of the plan B video questionable. Wow. And so, and so when the whole team is coming down, having a team meeting, him and Mike, T just kind of sprung and I'm like, Hey, look guys, a new guy we're going to try to put on the team. And they're like, dude, what? Like, that's not how this company operates. Like you don't just throw people on a team without like having them like hang out with us, skate with us. We don't know this dude, like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really what soured the whole thing is like, you just got to do it the right way. And you got to make sure that whoever you're putting on kind of fits the team because there are a lot of people who were potentially getting on plan B at that time. But right. it just really came down to, it's not about, it's not about even the skater, the tricks, whatever. It's really about like how well do you mesh with this whole program? And so that was it. They're like, Hey, we can't, you know, we don't like the way this went down. We don't really want any a part of this. And Mike T was kind of thing was like, well, unless you guys are going to go out and do these kind of tricks, like we're not, we're not pulling it out. Which, yeah. And again, I I knew nothing about this, had nothing to do with it. Didn't know it was going down like that and didn't really, I would have never had signed off on that. Right. And, uh, and so that's kind of what happened behind the scenes. And I only found out about it way after that when Dave told me what it went went down, he was like, yeah, you know, we put this stuff in. And and I had been skating with some of those guys. I went out and skated with Danny and Colin and yeah. Ryan Fabry, and I saw Chef and Sal a little bit during that time period. Mm-hmm. So, But again, it was just done awkwardly, and the whole thing was awkward. Yeah, And it really came down to, when I found out what was going down, I told Mike T, I was like, look, I really appreciate what you're trying to do, but I really don't want it to go down like this. I don't really blame those dudes for being weird and, like, not wanting that to happen, so... Yeah. I don't think it should I don't think it should happen. You know? Right, right. Hey, can you so, clear the air about yeah. the rumor cuz for so many dec for uh, two decades or longer, we always heard the rumor that you backside flipped Sports Arena uh stair gap for that video. Did that happen? No. No. It was uh, I I backside when he did it, which the footage came out later and oh. that was what it happened. Is it's that like, the same thing that Danny 360 Ollied? 
Yes. Okay. And so, so Pat Duffy backside 180 did because the whole rumor was, and again, I don't really know. I mean, Duffy kind of confirmed a little bit of it, but I don't think it was exactly like you have to do these tricks or they're going to stay in, but I think that was kind of the pressure that was put on it. So Duffy went and backed up when he did it after I did. And so, and there was a few other things. There was like, I think it's because I, I backed up when he did double flip down the four in a line and then you saw Sal do it. So there was a bunch of tricks and like I did a triple set Ollie and Danny did it. So there's a bunch of tricks I had done that they did basically to say, hey, it, we're gonna we're gonna be able to do all these things to pull this out of the video. It, it, it was a really weird way it was done, and I'm sure that's why you've heard people like Mike Carroll and other people talk about that they didn't really agree the way Mike kind of ran ran things and put that pressure on people. So, mm. I mean, you know, bless 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 Mike T's heart. I yes. appreciate everything he's trying to do for all of us. It's just the way that went down and some other things that went down, which probably prompted those guys to leave and start girl. I just don't think anyone really agreed with that philosophy of putting that pressure on people. And, you know, if, if, the, if you can't do these tricks, they're going to stay in or we're going to force this guy on the team. That just, I think that was the problem. It just went down all the wrong ways. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Wow. So, 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 that, so I backed up when he did it at that time period. And then I landed on a kickflip and kind of rolled away and fell off of it during that filming session. And then... Um, so that's what kind of went, went down and that's why Duffy went back to when he did and he came up to me and personally said, Hey, I'm really sorry that that went down that way. Like that was not on us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, right, right. So, so, so I had no hard feelings against those guys at all. Right. And I really didn't agree with any of it. There was no sponsor me tape that I sent in. None of that. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even have the capability to even make a sponsor me tape. You know what I mean? Like that was just all schlosh filming and putting me in a in an edit. You know. Right, right. What was your first sponsor? So, God, what was the first sponsor? Was it Chapter Seven? No, it was me and OJ and uh, Jason Carney and Jason Rogers and a whole bunch of people were getting flow from Steve Dedham. Wow. Steve Dedham, Steve Dedham had his own company called Citizen X, and we were all like getting boards from him. Amazing. Yeah, I heard that brand back then. I remember. Yeah. And, they had ads. And so, the, and so then after that, uh, we were, then Mike McGill hit me and OJ up. I think he hit up OJ first, and then OJ kind of brought me in to do the Chapter 7 thing. And a lot of the footage that you saw in the Plan B video, I had all my original tricks dropped in that uh, there's like a little promo called seven seekers mm -hmm. and pretty much all that footage the back so when he did on the double set the back when he double flip the triple set ollie all that stuff that was kind of matching up to those tricks were all like in that part right Kenton, here's a funny thing you oscar jordan and mike mcgill pick me up in san diego <laughs> in in the van and i would never in a million years think Mike McGill from the Bones Brigade would come pick me up in a van, and you guys were hey, in the van. You, you and I both. We, yeah, we were tripping. Dude, the whole time. it was nuts. And he takes us to. Um, before we go to the L.A. contest, we go to his house, and there is a photo of him and Christian Slet on this. Uh, Christian Slater on the set for Gleaming the Cube, where he's yep. wearing the wig as Christian Slater. And that was like in a picture frame in his like hallway or whatever. And I was like, this is insane. <laughs> yeah, it's so it crazy. Was insane. Yeah. And yeah, then, I think, yeah. 
Go we ahead. just took all that for granted. We, we took all that for granted. We, I don't think we even realized like, or really thought about the connection with him and the fact that we watched the Bones Brigade like every day forever. And then here's this guy like hitting us up to ride for this new company he's starting with all that Bones Brigade money. Right. And, you know, yeah. just trying to start. I mean, and also like, you know, Matt Rodriguez was on the team and Matt came down with us. And so there's a lot of, you know, early starts that were happening around that time. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Crazy. crazy to know. Um, but then we picked up Steve Saez, another yep. amazing Powell Pearl to Bones Brigader. And we go to the contest. I remember Cardiel was ripping, first time I ever saw him. And someone else, you know, this is 1991. I think it was a castle contest. But it was weird, Ken. It was indoor but it was outside. So it was like if you were to saw a warehouse in half and have the opening side there with like bleachers and whatever, but there was like um, fence netting. <laughs> and then, you know, you guys wait, were... Wait, where, where was this at? Uh, in LA. We went up there. It was like a okay. castle contest, but it was like yeah. a warehouse. But if you were like to saw off one of the panels, so you're outside, but yet it's covered with a roof. So you had like an opening and there was like, you know, fence that you would look through. If you weren't in the contest, you could see on the bleachers through there. But I remember Oscar entered. I think you did too. The funniest thing is afterward, we go to the parking lot and Mike McGill is trying to learn pressure flips because it's the new hot thing out in street skating <laughs> and he was like oh i can see the grip tape coming back up yeah and i remember and i think he landed one in the parking lot it was amazing that's yeah. hilarious Dude, i definitely don't remember funny. that pressure flip action but what i, I do, do remember i do remember because of the whole schlossbach connection we he would come back from those east coast tours and he would talk about Chris Hall and Andy Stone mm-hmm. and Pep yep. and Scott. Just so we, so we and Hojin. Yep. So Hojin we, Chang. we heard about it. Yeah, we heard about everyone. It's just you know back then there was no social media to look up on clips and see what people are doing. So we had to wait for footage to drop or like to be brought back from the East Coast and him showing us these transfer tapes. Yep. And we were like, wait, what are those guys doing? Wait, what did Chris Hall just do? I know. Like Ali Mills. You yep. know what I mean? Like, of course. You know so, what's funny, so, Canton, is um, Hojin yeah. texted me today four hours ago and was so psyched on Skate Talk, the show, and so stoked that you were going to be the guest and said you were a stand-up guy and that he had great run-ins with you in San Diego when he went out there. Yeah. So that's exactly the thing I remember. So yeah. the Castle Contest, I remember meeting those dudes for the first time. It was a Castle Contest at Murphy Canyon, and I don't know if you were there at that time or not, I but wasn't. All those dudes, all those dudes just rolled up. It was like Hojin, Chris Hall, I think Andy Stone was there. Like the whole crew rolled up. Wow. And I was like, damn, dude, like they're here. Like mm-hmm. I was tripping. And like Hojin was the first dude I talked to. Oh man. And I, t- I, I just came up and told him, I was like, man, I've heard so much about you guys. We've seen your footage from Schloss, and like we're just hyped to meet you guys in person. Yeah. And it was just cool. It, it was, and that footage I think was even in Quiet Storm or Turn the Other Cheek or one of those movies that uh-huh. Dave made. Right, right. And uh, but yeah, that the stuff that went down at that session at that contest was insane. I bet. Yep. Yeah, all those dudes were just like firing off on everybody else. So like to me, that was like kind of the like the coming of all of us dudes on the West Coast getting to see the East Coast dudes because mm-hmm. we just didn't really travel out there much, you know, because we were spoiled. The industry was like. 
right there in Southern California. We didn't have to go anywhere. We just were filming every day, all day, because the weather, you know, just lets you ride year-round. Of course. And, uh, yeah, we're just, like, spoiled, you know? So, like, for those of you to come out and hang out with us, was just it was super sick. Yeah, totally. Canton, when... Um, so you rode for Planet Earth Skateboards uh, with Kenny Anderson. Um, how did you get on there? From Chris Miller? Yes. So, um, we actually, you know, so Schlosh at some point after the whole plan B thing kind of happened where I think Dave, you know, after filming questionable and doing some stuff for virtual reality, I think at some point he just had in his head, he wanted to start his own company. He was just watching everyone else do their thing. And he's like, you know, I don't know if I want to be a filmer for the rest of my life. Let me start my own company. So that's when he wanted to start voice skateboards and that was with me and Smolik and Brandon Turner. I remember and, and my, that and, now. And, and, my, and Mike Rafter. Yeah. So wow, I remember started, that. He, yeah, so he started that and it was originally just me and Smolik because he saw Smolik and I didn't even know who he was at the time and he, he introduced me to Smolik and I saw him at this, uh, I think it was Mervin's. Remember that store, Mervin's? Yes. That clothing store? Yeah, Mervin's. Yeah, it was like Mer- yeah. Mer- Mer- Mervin's Red <laughs> Curb Spot in Claremont. He rolls up with these huge pants at a time where pants are starting to get slimmed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. He, they were huge, and like he just came up full speed and was doing this crazy slappy combo on this curb where it was like you know no slide, K grind, no slide, K grind, shove it out or something nuts. And then as he rolled away, he pulled out this Mountain Dew bottle out of his pocket because his pants were so big and took a chug of it. <laughs> and I was like, dude, who is this hyper kid? Right, right. That's hilarious. Like, I was like, what in the hell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so and, funny. Yeah, so we, I, I linked up with him, started skating with him, and, and Dave wanted to build this team. So then he, then Brand, uh, Pete told me about, he's like, yeah, dude, I got this little kid, Brandon. He's going to be sick. He just came back from Japan. You know, you should go meet him. Let's see if we could put him on the team. And so he, he took me to this uh, school called Montgomery. It's a six-stair with a six-stair rail. And I saw Brandon come up, and he was literally as tall as the board. I mean, I, when the board was standing up next right. to him, he was as tall as the board. Hey, what year was and, this? Because yeah. I remember hearing about Little B from mm-hmm. you guys before anyone and before he became famous as Brandon Turner. Um, didn't you yeah. guys call him Little B? Uh, no. Yeah, actually, actually, the nickname, we called him Little B. Because, well, I started calling him Little B because I was just lazy. Pete called him Boots. Little boots. Wow. And I can't remember I can't remember why he called him boots, but mm-hmm. I didn't like that name. Yeah. So I just called it I just called him Little B. Little B. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so he was, was that tiny. 90, that was like ninety like ninety five. Okay. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because because I, I had my first picture in Thrasher, uh, like a double page spread was my first photo ever. It was like jumping over a fire hydrant in Ocean Beach and that was in ninety one. Wow. And then and and then in 93, I had um, my first cover on Transworld. So, yeah, the double pay spread was in Thrasher. Yeah. Then I had the cover of Transworld as an amateur, back someone eating down that 14 stairs at Silvergate. Whoa. And then, like, what year was that? 93, early 93. Dang, I got to find and then, that and then, And then later, at the end of 93, I had the cover as a pro. With I uh, shared that cover with Mike Carroll and Dwayne Petrie and the Donger and Hensley, I think might have even been on there. 
And it was called the interview. It was called the interview issue, and it was all black. And it was called the interview issue. That's and so, so sick, man. And that was when, and that was when me and OJ trans transitioned from Chapter Seven into our own brand with Mike McGill called Shaft. Right. And wow. it was me and OJ and like Matt Mumford and um, Peter McBride and Chad Barty and that whole crew. So Dang. that 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 was that, and then. And that's when um, Planet Earth skateboards point, you rode for yeah, after Planet that. Earth, okay. Yeah, after that, yeah. So after the shaft thing happened, it was then it was voice, and then what happened was is then you know we were all kind of working on building up this brand, but it was you know it was a small little brand, and uh, what happened was is Muska approached Brandon to ride for shorties, and so Brandon. And we talked about this recently because I still talk to B all the time. But mm-hmm. Brandon told me that was like the hardest decision he ever had to make. And uh, I remember he like when I went to his door and I was like, dude, I haven't heard from you in a while, man. You all good? And he was like sweating. He was like, dude, <laughs> I just got this crazy offer of a lifetime. I didn't know what to do. Like, I love all you guys and, and Schloss, but like, I, I think I want to do this and leave. And I was like, hey, man, like, I'm not going to stop you. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And so Brandon got on shorties, and then soon after that, Pete wanted to get on. But Peter, I think, you know, was at that point where he was really wanting to kind of get to that level of being a pro. Mm-hmm. So he, he had a little bit more work to do to prove that he was worthy to get on as a pro, you know. So, like, right. he, he eventually kind of jumped, and I knew he was going to jump. So, like, at that time, we all just kind of sort of left the company at the same time after Peter was going to jump over to shorties. And then that's and then that's when I just said like, dude, if I'm gonna make it in skateboarding as a pro and actually continue to do this, like, and get a paycheck, like, I need to sort of like make it happen. So I called up Grant Britton and I was like, hey, let's go shoot some photos. And I went to the Oceanside High 13 and backside flipped over that rail, and it ended up being an opener in the four and one. And that's where it all kind of that's where it all kind of like took off from there. And I started shooting photos and filming getting little parts in the Transworld videos. And then that's when someone, and I don't remember who approached me about Planet Earth exactly. I can't remember who it was. It might've been, I don't know. It might've been Mirko because Mirko was working for Planet Earth. I mean, some people are kind of just mentioning, hey, maybe you should talk to Chris Miller about getting on Planet Earth. Mm. And then I remember having a meeting with Chris about it. And he kind of just told me, he's like, look, a lot of us all saw you blow up in the early 90s. You turned pro in 93. You had all these interviews and covers. And then you just kind of like disappeared for a little minute. Like, what happened? And I was like, well, I got on some small companies that just didn't have the ability to do what we needed them to do as far as, you know, putting out videos or doing exposure or whatever. And I kind of had to leave all that and sort of like carve my own destiny which is why we're here, right? Like you saw the stuff I was doing and yeah. you're trying to figure out, is this a good fit? Right. And, uh, and he was just like, yeah, as long as you're willing to put in the work to do what you're already doing and you're not going to like disappear on us, you know, we're, we'll, we'll support you in what you're doing, you know? Right, right, right. Candon. So then, yeah. So, yeah. So then I just, I just kind of went from there and yeah, Kenny Anderson was on the team Mm-hmm. Chad Fernandez mm-hmm. uh, had just had just gotten on the team, and so and I think Frank Harada had just gotten on the team, oh. as well oh. as uh, Brian Howard was on for bird skating. Wow, what was your worst injury? Uh, 
Because you did some big cliff jumping, Ken. It's a miracle you can walk, but you're kick flipping, (laughs) heel flipping, trash can standing up from those photos you sent me two days ago. At you know, you're 46. It's insane. So when I got on planet Earth, we went. One of the trips we took was out to Tampa for a Tampa Pro, and I remember I didn't make the cut, Mm. and I was kind of kind of frustrated about that because here I am trying to make a good impression for Chris Miller, you know, like, first of all, Chris Miller is basically now my boss. That in itself is already intimidating, right? Like that's funny. I, arguably one of the best skateboarders of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, so, so every time, you know, every time I'm, you know, trying to do stuff related to the company for planet earth in the back of my head, I keep hearing him talking about like, basically like if you're, if we're going to put you on, don't let us down. So I was like, okay, well, I missed the cut at Tampa Pro. I'm already blowing it. And uh, I remember seeing that big um, double set with the rail downtown Tampa, um, that one that Mike Maldonado had tried to ollie. Where, right. yeah, he he went he went straight through. But when I when I saw it, I was like, damn, that double set would be sick. Like, no, let's try that in a minute. And I remember Mike Maldonado trying it, but there was an electrical box at the bottom, and I was like, damn, dude, they straight up like cock block the spot you know what i mean yeah and then uh i remember seeing it with jamie thomas and jamie was with me we were looking at it and he was like yeah well what about over the rail and i was like so you want to do the double set and the rail like i don't know you know what i mean and uh he's like hey you know i can set it up for you if you want to like film it and take some photos we'll line it all up we come back at night when it's not all busy down here and i was like okay well i mean like jamie's like putting it on me and like Obviously, I respected Jamie Thomas, and I just like, okay, well, I don't want to let all these guys down. So we went back there at, like, midnight. Um, you know, for the, the Jeff Kula came up and set all his flat. He had flashes, like, set up everywhere, like, in trees, like, across the street. Like, he was trying to light that thing up like a Christmas tree. Right, right. And, uh, and so I started jumping it, and uh, just it was just so much hang time. Like, it was, it was in, like, one of the Transworld videos, I think, maybe six cents. Right. And uh, I, I landed on it, and my board literally shattered. Mm. And and I think that, you know, just the impact of having a few jump out bales and then, like, having that where it just, like, shattered, and I buckled underneath it. And then Jamie was there, and he had his board, which was a similar setup. So I kind of... Yeah. Yeah, you know, I just t- I tried it on his board, and I, I landed on it, and it shot out, but I cracked it. And I was like, dude, again, just thinking about, like, don't let everyone down. You know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. here, you're jumping, you got... And at that time, there was literally, like, over 100 people on the street watching. Like, people found out about it, and there were skaters across the street watching, all lined up against the walls. And I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't, like, I can't walk away without making this. So the next try, I'm, I'm ollieing it with a cracked board, Jamie's board, and in the air, my foot was on the tail, and I knew that it was just going to snap because it was way too much impact. It was like a double, double story set, you know. Yeah. And uh, so in the air, I like looked down, and I moved my foot over the bolts in the air and landed on it and rode away. Wow. What and, year was uh, this? That was it. What year was this? I would say it was '98. Wow. Hey, that was um, the year I got on. That was the year. That was the year I got on Earth, and so I would say. Front, so just so you know, like after that, like I couldn't walk good for like two weeks, damn. and then I realized after finally going into the doctor, probably almost like a year after that, 
because periodically it would just like kind of hurt out of nowhere and then it would just go away, hurt, go away. Yeah. And so finally I went to the doctor and he scoped it and, they, and there was some bone fragments in there or they said it was like a, maybe like a small fracture or something. So right. that was probably the worst injury I ever had was just from, you know, from just like that whole thing and not really getting it looked at. Right, right. Ken, we have a couple. Yeah, that, that was it. We have a couple yeah. minutes left. Do you have a yep. sponsor now? Uh, well, actually, well, so my, my main thing right now is I'm designing skate parks. Yeah. Yeah. With Andy and, Stone, uh, right? So, well, with, you used to with Andy Stone. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, Andy and I have worked together. Yes. On awesome. skate park stuff. My, my current job with uh, New Line Skate Parks, he, he's not working with me in that company, but we've definitely done a lot together, which is amazing. Yeah. And, uh, but, but what happened was, is like, you're going to all these skate park meetings, all these skaters, all the skate shops, whatever. And like, how can you be a part of that and kind of give back to the culture of skateboarding? And so I actually started my own brand, like a small brand called the Motif brand. So we have like a small skateboard brand, uh, motifbrand.com. You can look at it. But so, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm doing now. So when I go to all these like meetings with skaters, like I just try to hook up some of the locals are like, you know, just right. get back to these communities that are really fighting hard to get their own skate parks, which is something we never had growing up, right? We didn't have skate parks, so. Right, right, right. Like, we, we got yeah, one just, minute just left. Trying to give back. Yeah, we got yeah. one minute left, Canton. Um, I saw footage of you. You were doing a demo at a school. Was it a school or a prison? Yep, that's, uh, well, I've done both. I yeah. actually did a. <laughs> The, so the the thing you probably saw was me at my original elementary school, like giving back to those kids and talking about. Yeah. Uh, it was actually a fundraiser for them. You That's know, like a what it was. For yep. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I was doing that, and then uh, yeah, I did. I actually did like a skate demo to prison recently because they asked me to, and it was insane. Amazing. Yeah. Good for you. Any shout outs to, you know, your career along the way? Anyway. <sighs> Uh, dude, all the people we just talked about, right. Chris Griffith, mm-hmm. OJ, Schlossbach, yep. um, you know, Chris Miller, everyone who hooked me up, um, yep. Ed, Edward Law, who, who helped me out along the way. And now we're doing the Motif brand together. Uh, oh geez, so many, right? I mean, I know I'm blowing it. Uh, family, friends, yep. wife, kids. I got, a, I married my wife, Julia, my three daughters, Kalia, Janisa, and Jaxie. And yep. Beautiful. So, daughters. Yeah. Yep. Just, Got, got got a lot going on, man, but it's all good. Keeping busy, for sure. Man, you, know, you I mean, are I, keeping I'm, it busy. I'm, tra- I'm, I'm traveling a lot, just as much as I was, just for different reasons, but um, yeah. hopefully I'll be able to do something out your way soon enough, uh, you know what I mean? I'm I can't area. wait for you and I to reunite. I haven't seen you since 2006, uh, Skateboard way Trade too Show. Long. Yeah, Skateboard Trade Show 2006, San Diego. Yep. So, uh I hope to see you soon in the next year or so, man. We're going to reunite. For sure. Ken, it was an honor. I can't believe that you gave us 45 minutes of your life. (laughs) We did, (laughs) Ken, we did 46 years in in 45 minutes, you know? Dude, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. I can't wait to give you a hug when I see you, man, and we'll go skating in San Diego for sure. Boom. 100%. All right, buddy. All right. Later. 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 Thanks, man.